Welcome to Be Transformed with your hosts, Christopher and Isaac. Be Transformed is an outreach of Romans 12-2 Men's Ministry, empowering men to overcome and thrive by breaking cycles of addiction, trauma, and generational curses. Romans 12-2's vision is healing families and society by transforming the minds of men into the mind of Christ through discipleship within a community of warriors for the kingdom of heaven. You can text or call them at 512-238-0000. That's 238-0000 or Romans-122.org. Romans-the number one, number two, letters T-W-O dot org. Now here's Christopher and Isaac. Welcome back. Here we are, Isaac and Christopher, in studio with our brother John Partridge. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. And yet another opportunity here to do, again, one, one of my favorite parts, and I believe these two as well, get to get someone's story out there. We get to be much more in tune with the backdrop of John Partridge and what, what, what makes him who he is. and. And I've had the opportunity to, to know him since the mid-90s. We, and as the kids say, that's been a minute. Uh, we, we, we go back a bit, you know, and then similar to uh, what you may have heard already in Ike to Isaac episodes, Ike uh, came to be uh, and connected with me in about 2000. So uh, it's such a blessing to be around two men here that have seen the boy in, his, in, in a man suit of me that's been witness to the good, the bad, the ugly, the transformation and and, and, and reminded of the the thought process of the of the Puritans back in the in the time, uh, you know, of Jonathan Edwards, where he proposes this conversion theory of of when we come to know Christ, there's this there's this conviction of 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 understanding our de- our degeneration, our degenerate self, to understand that we need. Uh, Christ, that we need transformation, and that there is promise, there is change, there is development, yet there becomes this time of falling away. And during that backsliding time, that humiliation time, we're in the, it, it could be for months, years, decades, it could, it could last. But the idea is that in the third phase, in the third time of conversion, that we become more of our truest self, our, our true conversion, our regenerate self. And, and, and today we get to start in part one of John's story of that very progression uh, that witnessed in my life and Ike to Isaac and Nick to Nicholas. Here we go again. Here we have an opportunity to, to understand better, John, where you've come from and, and, and how you've gotten to where you are. And, and Lord willing, we'll unpack that in a couple of episodes here. So today we'd like to learn more about who John was as a child and who John was in that, in that time frame, that, that family of origin as it's considered. John? Well, I really appreciate it, Christopher. Thank you for having me here, and good to see Isaac. And uh, I guess we'll just start back when, you know, where I grew up and kind of my background a little bit. But I grew up uh, in Gonzales County in a small rural ranch uh, lifestyle. Uh, Went to a very small uh, high school, and uh, where I spent a lot of my time was on the ranch. And uh, just really appreciate my father for giving us the opportunity to to live on a ranch that was his dream and that dream really provided me a lot of opportunities and growing up and uh just 
look back on that time that ranch is still in the family still giggle get to go out there sister lives there so it's uh was a big part of my life and still is today and uh, just have really uh, been formed by a lot of aspects of living on a ranch and living that ranch lifestyle Um, so you know grew up uh, with a sister two kids in a uh, household with a mom and a dad and during that time when my father bought that ranch, he was working at another ranch as a ranch foreman or manager of that ranch. And then that ranch sold, and he had to figure out other work. And through that other work, he became a pipe fitter. And that, those, <clears throat> that time when he became a pipe fitter, it allowed him, or he had to travel quite a bit. So... My father was not around much uh, during my younger years uh, until he retired, but he would be gone three to six months out of the year, and then when he would get back, it was it was all about getting things caught up on the ranch. It really, unfortunately, wasn't about building relationships with his family. It was more about preparing and working on the ranch so that he could get you know the fences built uh, the barn built the, the the cows fed whatever needed to be done on a ranch but there's always as we know a lot to do and you know he would be home for a month and he would go back out for three to six months he was doing what he felt was best to provide for the family unfortunately he didn't provide the love and the nourishment uh, of building relationships with myself, my sister, and my mom. It was more about that time he was there was his dream, which was the ranch. Uh, It wasn't about building up the family. So with that in mind, it, it led a lot of things undone, which led to a lot of the reasons that I'm here and giving a testimony uh, because I truly can't remember one time my father said he loved me uh, and wasn't shown very often either that he that he loved me so I know that that led to a lot of the challenges and issues uh, that I've had to work through and one of the reasons that led me here and led me to Romans 12 2 ministry which has been an incredible blessing and these two men that are in front of me Isaac and Christopher uh, and the examples that they have shown uh, have allowed me to get some freedom from unsexual sin and pornography and masturbation so <clears throat> that's kind of the brief history, but uh, kind of going back. Yeah, John, thank you uh, just for sharing right there. I mean, I know that's that's tough not hearing I love you from the Father. I mean, just growing up and, you know, having him being around, but I, I just hear from the story already, he had a dream, and I was on a ranch, and he was providing that love in other ways, like as a provider. That was That was something that was 
being shown to you how to provide and I know a little bit more of your story you're you got that in your heart as well and that love in your heart that just shows that I'm here and I'm doing things and that's showing that love but not hearing I love you I mean that just hits my heart so much that you know that's something we need that validation sometimes especially from that father figure that's just a open wound that just keeps pouring out and we try to search and find that so so many times and it's not always being shown in a good way and that's some of my story and I just kind of relate to that a little bit you know just had to hear that words yeah and that's, that's as you know that's my story right that's that what you're sharing Isaac I didn't really come to understand until late in life I mean it, it was there and I could see it that he was providing that this this farm life that I was blessed to grow up on similar to the ranch and but there was such a void there was such a need for the father's love and and reflective of what we should be receiving and, and are from above but not having the the wherewithal not having the understanding the maturity the healing whichever direction you want to go to be able to truly receive that so he was showing me love and i could again receive it to a certain level but not hearing it and not feeling that embrace of a father like that was something that 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 really didn't happen till late in life for me and uh so i definitely under i definitely relate to where you are in your story at this point and again we appreciate you being so raw and vulnerable about you know the unwanted sexual behavior like it it, it was wanted for some time it was there but it was it was a, as Isaac was saying it was, it was filling a void it was a trying to find that love that and, and really that intimacy elsewhere so it, again thank you for sharing if you want to pick back up where you left off that'd be great sure um so my father also struggled with the same addiction sexual unwanted sexual addiction uh and the reason i know that is because i found pornography that he had in the house uh you know different magazines and stuff so as a, a curious you know young man probably nine ten years old uh I kept going back to that pornography, going back to those magazines, mm-hmm. uh, looking at that for love. You know, at the time when you're so young, you don't know. You don't. I mean, I didn't even know it was bad at that time, even though I'd do it in secret. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if I saw my mom coming home, or you know, in a position where I might get caught looking at these things, you know, I, I'd put them back in the drawer real quick. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was wrong, but I did know it was wrong. Right, right. You know, uh, and I know it wasn't right, but I kept going back. And, you know, I am now 60 years old, and really probably for 50 years of my life I have struggled with this this addiction. Mm. And just in the last little over a year, I've had some freedom. Amen. But yes. so praise God for that. Praise Amen. praise Romans twelve two for that. Praise the men that I'm standing and sitting in front of right now and talking to for that, because uh, I had done a lot to try to overcome that. But kind of back into the story, mm-hmm. we uh, we started looking for love through, you know, not only magazines but also through seeking out women Mm -hmm. and started treating women you know as a an object as something that we shouldn't treat them at i mean they're they're 
they're women, they're they're women of God, they're children of God, just like we are, but we start treating them more as an object, as something that can satisfy uh, what we feel like we need. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that <clears throat> at 10 didn't end until I was 59. So <clears throat> kind of going back into the story, uh, you know, in high school, <clears throat> So now we kind of move into high school. I'm still dealing with this. And uh, I fell in love with uh, one of my best friend's sister. And and unfortunately, she didn't reciprocate that love. We were friends, but she didn't reciprocate that love. So there's another wound. Uh, As it may be, I created that wound. But as it may be, a lot of that I think I look back and just see the lack of love from a father and that guidance that he could guide me through that uh, was part of the challenge also. You know, just kind of going back to my father, you know, I remember when he had that talk with me. Mm. And that talk was we were we had a tank and we'd always go swim in this tank. Well, <clears throat> I know my, my father and I, we would actually skinny dip in the tank. <laughs> so... Uh, he was saying, you know, so his 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 talk to me about sexual activity was make sure you're protected. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much it. You know, that was the sex talk I had from my dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we know, that's not enough. It's uh, not the right way. But if you look back at his history, and I want to bring this up, was my grandfather, his father, was a very abusive man. Mm-hmm. And he, they, he had four kids, and I know he sexually abused two of his daughters and beat my grandmother, his wife at the time, and I'm sure he beat my father and my uncle too. So if you look back at those wounds and that history, those, that, that was just passed on from generations. And the good thing now, the blessing now, is that I have the opportunity to break that curse and to stop that generational sin of unwanted sexual addiction. So we'll get into more of what we're doing that as we go along here. But kind of picking back up with this girl that I fell in love with, uh, that wound has taken a long time to heal uh, because... It was, you know, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to describe that you actually love someone so much, but they have no love for you, and it's not any of their fault. You right, know, right. It, it's not her fault. It was me. And, again, I think it goes back to just not having the love of the Father and somebody to guide me through that process and to understand that. So. Yeah, thank you, John. I mean— Wow, you just touched on something that was so, so really poignant as we get into is that generational curse breaking. Like when you talked about a secret, but now that you're doing the work and you go back in, you could see not just from your father, but from your grandfather and not knowing from there how far they'd been passed down and uh, really digging into that and stepping in and, and putting that that spiritual stake, is that authority down to say, no more and I'm going to start 
now and you said you're 60 years old and you're going to break those curses and you're going to see generations because it's written and you're going to see generations start coming more in Christ and those be break, broken down man I'm just so so thank I mean it just touched my heart just to hear that and going through because that's hard to, to hear from your past generations so it is hard, and it and, and thank you for sh- bringing that hard, bringing that pain forward again. Because revisiting it is a raw spot; it's a it's a trigger point. And and by doing the kind of work that we're doing, we we're back in it on a regular basis. We're in our story, and and uh, you know, reminded of one of our mentors, Dr. Roberts, with pure desire that starts us in that conquer series curriculum, and then and, and into uh, pure desire. Uh, I'm sorry, seven pillars. And he's also representative some in the in our in our warpath. But one of the things he says in, in Conquer series is that over eighty percent of the men that he works with in practice, as a as a pastor as well as a neuroscientist and a clinical counselor, he combines those. And and over eighty percent have a father wound. Over seventy percent come from a Judeo Christian background where they have high high morals and ethics and low relationship. And we're hearing that again in your story. And, and, and just in retrospect, you, I, I can hear the gratitude that you have, even though there's pain as well, but the gratitude you have for your dad doing it better than your granddad did, you know, and to, to, to take it to that next level of, of moving it uh, further down the line and, and being that generational curse breaker that, that there is a legacy of doing just that in a, in a, in a way that was – uh, wrong, wrong at times, hurtful, and and I think of my own story, right? My my dad did better for me, and I didn't, I couldn't really see that to the extent that I needed to until later in life, as I was having more experiences of sobriety and my own wounds, my own challenges as a father, my own challenges within marriage and and so forth, gave me a different perspective, and I'm I'm also hearing that as you're reflective of your story that that that. And, and we need to be able to do both. Like we can't, if we excuse that behavior and we say, well, look at all the good things that he's did, then we're invalidating the hurt. We're invalidating the wounds and you're, you're balancing both, which is, which is difficult to do. But I've seen you do the hard work. I'm, I've witnessed it. I've been a part of it as Isaac has been as well. And that's, what, again, what's so f- enjoyable about revisiting these stories even though they're 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 painful and and, and tough is that we we can see God's movement in there we can see the void that was created that allowed, that made you so vulnerable for this relationship to have such a grand impact i mean it is beyond that girl and that relationship as you've already said it's into your father's relationship and the father above and and and, and, and it, it just it's just a lot to that but uh, take us back as you as you were moving in through high school now again thank you for sharing yeah appreciate it thank you Christopher uh, so <clears throat> through this process of working through high school you know there were other girlfriends other women uh, but I think I you know after I kind of felt like that this relationship, this woman that I fell in love with, was pretty much over. I made a an agreement in my heart that I would not allow another woman mm. to wound me or hurt me. And, you know, these agreements that we make, they s- will carry us through our lives until mm. we come to uh, – <clears throat> 
come to a fruition that these agreements are destroying us mm-hmm. and they have an effect on the decisions that we make going forward. You know, from that moment on, you know, it was about women, meeting women, not for me to love them, but for them to please me and for that relationship to be about a sexual encounter. And it it took years for me to work through that process. Uh, But there was another agreement that I made that actually was a positive agreement that I would never have mess around, fool around, or have a relationship outside of marriage. So once I got married, there would be no other women. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't still have issues with pornography and masturbation. I didn't have physical activities with other women after I got married, but that didn't mean I didn't have visual, I didn't have lustful in relationships within my mind, Mm. which as we know, uh, Jesus talks about having relationships even if you think about a woman, you've committed adultery. Mm-hmm. So those relationships still continued in that matter for years. It's interesting how we narrate, right? It's how we tell our stories, what stories we tell ourselves. And here you were, and what great insight to be able to trace this back and see that there was a vow, there was an agreement made that you had to then end up working through later in life and that it actually you know, led to some destruction. It led to hurt feelings. It led to hurting others for your own pleasure as you were vulnerable enough to share. And that it would require a new narrative that, that as you said, is a positive vow to not step out physically once married. Yet there was this narration that, that we can have these emotional affairs. We can have these uh, uh, fantasies. We can we can lust and we can, uh, you know, um, lust and masturbate. Like we can get we can actually have these other relationships, but somehow still being a good guy along the way. That and, and and that's that's part of what helps perpetuate this binge purge cycle. This this mm-hmm. that's not so bad. Look how good I'm doing over here. This isn't so bad. So as you're in that uh, high school college time frame now, as we uh, come to a close in this particular episode, where 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 do you where where do you see the the transition? In, in 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 awareness or was there awareness like where 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 was your thought process back in that time if you could take yourself back there yeah so you know moving into high school or moving through high school here you know it was it was a very selfish time from high school into college it was about pleasure is about what i wanted to do it was about you know going out drinking, partying, chasing women. It was, you know, it was a time of extreme selfishness on my part. There was no, I mean, I had nothing to do with God at that time. You know, I was lost as a, as lost could be at that time. And it was about my pleasure and going out and generating enough income. I, I held down a job. I always yeah. worked. Uh, that was one positive that my dad gave me. He gave me an go. incredible Hard work work. ethic. That's right. 
so, you know, <clears throat> it was probably from the time I was about 16, 17 to the time I was uh, around 26, 27 years old that it was about me partying and picking up women and doing doing things that uh, looking back on that we're definitely not proud of. And Lord willing, that's where we'll pick up on our our part two of, of John's story here in that mid-20s time frame. But before we close out here, what were your thoughts on God? Like what was in your small town background, you know, and ranch farm life, we tend to know God. We're in his creation. We're working hard. We're around small, small towns in the belt buckle of the Bible belt. You know, I know you were not far from here that you grew up and far from Austin area. Um, so tell us a little bit about what, what, what did God mean to you? What were your thoughts about him? Sure. That's a good question, Christopher. In my mind, I always thought, well, I'll I'll do this God thing, you know, sometime later in my life. I'm gonna I'm gonna have fun and yeah. enjoy, you know, enjoy my youth, and then uh, you know when I settle down, that's that's when I'll, you know, I'll I'll see what about this God thing is. That's good, man. Isaac's <laughs> just having a ball with that, laughing, uh, but uh, and because he knows it's true in his life too. That's why I'm laughing as well. Because we, we again, it's our narratives. It's what we tell ourselves that justify how we want to live. And I know Pastor Bobby at Huddle Bible has said it best, where he says, "We we think what we want to think, so we can live how we want to live." We 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 narrate it in that way and. And again, thank you for for showing up this morning to being here to to, to unpacking uh, the, 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 these challenging situations. And we look forward to again next time when we visit your intersection with our Lord Jesus Christ in that that mid twenties, where I think he had a few other narrations of what life is to be, the way, the truth, and the life, and how you responded to that. So it's been it's been an honor. I'm humbled by your story, uh, your your relationship. The man you have become, the man you're becoming, the husband, father, grandfather, uncle, guy, like just the ripple effect of what you and your dad and, 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 and arguably your granddad to some extent, uh, what, 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 is, what, what is occurring in the kingdom of heaven and beyond mm-hmm. is, is quite something to behold. And I, I can't wait to meet your dad. I know he's not with us. He's, he's, he's moved on. He's, he's in that next realm. And uh, yet we have this opportunity to, um, to, to, to know him in some way when Jesus returns because uh, people, he's coming back. And when he comes back, he will make all things new. And until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and bring you peace. May we share the good news of Christ from a plank perspective. May we take every thought captive, make it obedient to Christ as we proactively point our swords at the true enemy, all the while being transformed from glory to glory into the image of Christ Jesus. Amen. 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 You've been listening to Be Transformed with Christopher and Isaac. Be Transformed is an outreach of Romans 12 to Men's Ministry. If you or someone you know needs confidential help or are looking for a place to serve, you can text or call Christopher at 512-238-0000, romans-122.org. That's romans-the-number-one, number-two, letters-t-w-o.org.